Welcome to Epic Fails, Finding Redemption in Our Stories. I'm your host, Brittany Rust, and on this show, you'll hear people from all walks of life sharing powerful stories of transformation. My hope is that as you hear these stories of redemption, you'll find redemption in your own. Today, I have with me on the show, Joy O'Neill, a beautiful lady I've recently connected with through the podcast. In fact, if you remember former guest, Lindsay Barnett, Lindsay introduced us. Joy captivated me with her powerful story of walking through a dark and painful season following the sexual abuse of her young daughter a few years ago. She struggled with forgiveness and moving forward over what happened, but can now share how God has transformed her and her family. Joy is married to Thomas and they have three kiddos. I'm excited for you to get to know her. So here we go. Joy, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad that you were here and sharing your story with the audience today. Um, so let's jump right on in. How about you give the audience a peek into your upbringing? What was life like for you growing up? Sure, yeah. So I grew up in South Carolina, and I am one of seven children. And my dad is a minister, so... <laughs> Growing up a pastor's child, I I spent a lot of time uh, folding bulletins and pouring communion juice, (laughs) putting out chairs. But for me, church was a church was family, and church was really what I shaped my view of the world around. We always lived a good distance from our family, so that was my aunties and uncles and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, My mom was not only a saint for raising seven children, but she homeschooled all of us. But they, uh, our parents encouraged us to stay involved in the community since we were homeschooled through sports and music and stuff like that. And it was during that season I became really involved and obsessed with playing sports. And I allowed that to kind of distanced me from the church and my relationship just kind of fizzled off spiritually and that led into my transition into college so my third year of college I transferred to the University of South Carolina and this is the season when I met my husband and after we knew each other for about a year Uh, One October, I'm not sure who decided who liked the other, but (laughs) that November, we went home and met one another's families. So you and Thomas started dating. What direction did your relationship take from there? Our relationship became very serious uh, very quickly, both physically and emotionally. Uh, That January following the November that we met each other's families, I found out that I was pregnant. And uh, it was not the smoothest move of the pastor's oldest daughter to get pregnant by the guy they had only met, met once. But four months later, we, uh, we were married very quickly that May. Hmm. Did the marriage start with, any, with like an ease? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, we uh, will be married for 10 years this week. And looking back on this time compared to our relationship today... 
uh, I wouldn't even call it a marriage. Our, um, after our wedding, my husband started managing a restaurant. And with that came very late, late nights and busy days. And I was, I was extremely lonely. And I started to feel really stuck. Like, stuck in my marriage, stuck in motherhood, and overall, just stuck in my life. Mm-hmm. So, during this time, I actually had a conversation with my oldest brother, and he asked how Thomas and I were doing, and I told him how incredibly stuck and lonely I was feeling, and at the time, my brother was on staff at a church in the upstate, and he told me that their church had just finished a sermon series on the topic of being stuck, Mm. right? (laughs) And I remember pulling out my laptop and watching all the parts of the series, and it was speaking directly to my soul. It was, um, uh, it was like just every area of being stuck in motherhood and marriage. And after the sermon series was over, I just prayed and asked God to replace that place of being stuck with the destiny that I knew he had for me. And I immediately following that, I wanted to get plugged back into church. That that hunger for community came back, and so I did, alone at the time, but I did, and I found a Bible study that a friend of mine was hosting, and it was the first night of the study, and everyone was going around the room introducing themselves, and for the first time, I realized how much shame that I was wearing, Hmm. that I had put on myself for my beginning, the way my marriage had started and becoming pregnant before. And I was, I was terrified to tell them who I was. So I didn't, I basically just told them my name. And that night before I left the host of the Bible study, she told me, she said, Joy, uh, don't ever be afraid to tell your story because you never know when telling your story gives someone else permission to share theirs. Yeah, that's good. And there's no way I could have known that night what those words would be so many years down the road Mm -hmm. but it truly was so how did this change in your life affect your marriage (laughs) so our marriage actually got worse Mm. um it felt like my husband and i lived on different planets because my husband and i had been friends before we dated i knew his personality and i knew that like nagging and asking him to have the same change that I had had wouldn't get anywhere so Mm. I just prayed I um it's all I knew to do and I I prayed fierce prayers I prayed over him while he was sleeping that God would you know bring out the destiny that was also inside of him and and he did (laughs) Uh, one day my husband just called out of the blue and told me that he had just left the restaurant owner's office and that he had quit Uh, he did he told me he didn't know what the future looked like for us but that we would be okay and this was in 2007 2008 you know when the economy was terrible Mm -hmm. (laughs) totally flat and we both spent the next two years working odd jobs and we also welcomed our daughter during this time which for me will forever be a testimony that God, some of God's biggest blessings are birthed in totally unsettled times mm, in our life. Yeah, that's good. But literally over a joke one night, 
we were watching TV and an Army Strong commercial came on and my husband looked at me and just said, what would you think if I joined the military? And I knew it was God what came out of my mouth next because I said that I thought that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so he got, he gave his heart to the Lord and that he yes. did end up giving his heart to the yes. Lord. Which I think for a lot of wives is encouraging to hear because I think we have a desire to want to change or to fix, but ultimately prayer is the the change agent and the Lord is the one that really does the work. So totally such a testimony to prayer (laughs) for our husbands. It's worth it. (laughs) (laughs) So he joins the military. How did that change your lives? Military world, oh my gosh, it's completely different altogether. Um, we, I didn't know anyone that had ever been in the military. I didn't come from a military family. So it was, everything was different and strange. And we had a few assignments, houses, and even a whole state later. The biggest change came when my husband found out that he was getting orders to South Korea. Hmm. And... I felt like I was just getting a grip on even being a military spouse and moving 8,000 miles away seemed crazy. I was six months pregnant with our third child when we got to Korea and being so far from home, I, I wanted to create that community as quickly as possible. Uh, We started getting plugged into a local church and our circle of influence quickly became young married couples in their first years of marriage. I think because Thomas and I had such a rough start, these people felt a connection to us. They felt that they could be real with us and just kind of talk about the crazy blendings of that first year of marriage. And so that was our circle of influence. And our pastor at our church kind of noticed that that was our, our group and He asked us if we would be interested in hosting a Bible study for our group of friends around the book Love and Respect. And we were so excited, you know, I mean, for us, this was the first time we were going to serve together at that level. And I think that, uh, well, I know that we stepped into becoming a threat to darkness because uh, six weeks into our Bible study, we discovered that our daughter was being molested by the pastor's son Mm. who was, um, who was helping watch the kids while we, while we hosted. Mm. And for me, that was just, um, the carpet was just totally pulled off from under my feet. Where did you, upon, upon hearing this and discovering this, where did you go internally Well, as a parent, you know, we feel every scraped knee, every fall of our child. And for me, it was, it was a big fall Mm -hmm. to feel. Um, My husband and I, we processed really differently during this time. And, uh, you know, the night that we discovered the abuse my husband was he was smart enough to get a full confession for the prosecution and after the guy confessed my husband looked at him and 
he just he told him that he didn't hate him for what he had done and he forgave him mm. for the pain that he was causing us wow. and the reason I share that is the beginning of our marriage was partly so rough because my husband lived in a place of anger and resentment and the lack of forgiveness for things that had happened to him and when he got to a place of forgiveness he decided that uh, no matter what anyone ever did to him he would forgive him the minute that it mm-hmm. happens but for me I, I mean I never experienced darkness like this and I visited every emotion of grief um, some twice <laughs> but guilt shame uh, blame anger depression isolation and even thoughts and attempt of suicide I uh, my entire foundation was was shaken and the two biggest things that I struggled with internally were starvation and a broken view of intimacy I uh, at first for me not eating was just because of how busy everything was in those first days but then I found myself like clinging to the feeling of hunger just to know that um that I was still alive it was the mm-hmm. only feeling that wasn't wasn't numb yeah. and slowly over time I started to fall into a very broken view of of intimacy and sex I mean I allowed the lines to totally cross and I believed that sex was bad I mean I went to a place of believing that it was a sort of evil and all that was wrong with the world I remember you talking about how um, you went to a place where you you were more focused on your daughter's healing and so therefore your own healing kind of was neglected totally I I she was she was the priority she was number one and it's like, this is what has happened, so I need to just fully focus on her. I'll be fine. Oh, mm-hmm. it'll come. I'll have to worry about that later. But that was a gap, and that was a journey of allowing myself to fall into some really mm-hmm. dark places and not pay attention just because it was all about her yeah. when really it was, it was a journey for everybody. Right. Uh, how did God fit into that season of your life at first I um at first I spent a lot of time questioning um there was a lot of why God moments right but I mean through it all he met me at each place um when I attempted to isolate myself he spoke through my friend uh Leanne uh we because we, we were involved with the church and it was an involvement inside of the church I had to I had to we had to remove ourselves from the church and I had to quit going to my mom's group that was attached to the church our children went to a school that was attached to the church so it was isolation sunk in very deep because everything in our life was attached to um attached to that place and to the community there yeah yeah and uh, when I when I started to blame myself which I did a lot. My husband, you know, he was always there saying, like, this wasn't your fault. And even, you know, God showed up in a big way when 
there were thoughts and even attempt to suicide by always given a plan of escape. But um, the biggest way that God showed up was by moving our family from Korea to uh, the closest place for care for our daughter, and that was Hawaii. Mm-hmm. It was therapy for her, but it was therapy that we all needed. Mm-hmm. So you talk about how you went to a dark place and even attempted suicide. Did you see if there was any effects of that that affected your family? Like, did you see how maybe you going to that place may have affected your family in that season? I think that just in in the same comparison of, you know, Thomas and I's journey to get to forgiveness, I do think that where I went internally caused a larger gap of getting towards a place of healing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I um you know, the focus was solely on on my daughter and by doing that I wasn't paying attention to myself, but also by not paying attention to myself, it led me into those other places which created that gap of for everybody, I'm yeah. sure. I'm yeah. sure the healing would have been faster had I had I not. Right. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've been there for sure. So you uh, moved to Hawaii. How did that move affect your family? Well, moving to Hawaii was, it was like a, a real-life journey of pain to paradise, like living out in front of us. Uh, the culture of Hawaii, it's, you know, it's family, it's that ohana, and um, it became like, total safe refuge Hmm. for all of us and you know God brought restoration to our family in the form of giving a new hope but not just new hope for our family like the name of the church that we spent three years at restoring was called new hope (laughs) and in that God restored my love for the church and my heart to serve but it was a it was a process, you know. The, the restoration was such a process, yeah. and I guess if you look at it like a piece of furniture, like the restoring a piece of furniture, you know, God sees the potential inside of um, the restoration before it's done. Hmm. You know, restoration, uh, recognizing what it's not, and then like what it can be. You know, yeah. and but there the process for me. The de- in the beginning of Hawaii was around trusting again and realizing that it wasn't my fault. Um, through the process of being like this crazy helicopter mom <laughs> and driving <laughs> myself totally crazy, trying to stare at my children all the time, the Holy Spirit helped me see that, you know, my eyes staring at the kids were not what was keeping them safe. Hmm. And, and I had to realize, you know, by blocking out all the the bad in their life, I was potentially going to block out all the good too. Hmm. And in the same respect, I had to learn through my journey of guilt that it wasn't my fault. Like what everything that happened, they were acts and result of somebody else's broken choices, not a result of my lack Mm -hmm. of protection. And once that 
process of separation began, I, um, I started to walk in a new freedom. But uh, even though I had this freedom, there was a few things that for me, even in this new beautiful place that I hadn't addressed. And that was forgiveness. Hmm. I, um, one night I was putting my daughter in bed and she just out of the blue, how kids do when they try to keep you in their rooms forever <laughs> and asking for five, 10 more things. Um, she just said, mama do, uh, do bad people that make bad choices go to heaven. And, uh, I told her that, you know, I believed that if they, you know, love Jesus and ask for forgiveness, then yeah, absolutely they did. And she just responded quickly, you know, like, well, I don't care who's there. I'm going. <laughs> and, uh, but when I left her room that night, I realized that I couldn't say that. Yeah. I, um, I didn't want to be in the same place as this person, mm-hmm. even if it was even in the thought of heaven. And that's when I realized that I was, I did not have forgiveness, that I was still very angry and it wasn't until not too long ago, right before we left Hawaii, our church had a healing service. And I just went up and got prayer. And the, they were praying for mostly physical healing for people. But for me, it was a spiritual healing. Yeah. And I just received prayer. And I remember saying out loud, like, I do want to, I do want to be. Wow. And we're in heaven. Like, I don't care who's yeah. there. And, um, for me, that was like the final stop on my healing journey. Um, I believe that healing and reaching forgiveness, finally, <laughs> um, I think it's what ultimately unlocked what started to happen next. And that was, I started to just get emails and Facebook messages and text messages and calls, cold calls from moms. And they were all calling because they had discovered the sexual abuse of their child Mm. and um, they needed somebody to talk to. And we were really public with what we had gone through. Um, We just believed that was more people that could be praying, the more people that knew. We didn't believe it was a place of secret. Um, We didn't believe that it, by sharing it, it would define our daughter or it would, you know, cause her to be a victim. I mean, I think scripture does a good job at defining who she is, you know? Yeah. But because people knew, they also, they knew that they could reach out and inside of their pain, they knew that, um, somebody would meet them there. And so they did (laughs) a lot. Yeah. Still do. What would you say to those moms? And maybe what do you have to say now to, to someone who's struggling with forgiveness? I always want to say get to it as fast as you can, but you know that there's there's a there's a place of pain, so it's not always the first thing to say. Although I believe that getting to forgiveness as fast as you can, because it's not. I mean, you hear people say it all the time. You know, it's like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Hmm. Like you, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for your healing journey. So yeah. get it into forgiveness as fast as you can and focusing on just your your healing process Mm, that's good
To recap, you've heard Joy's story of her young daughter being molested while they were in South Korea and walking through that journey of healing. It was hard for her for a long time to work through forgiveness um, and she struggled with some depression um, and how that affected her marriage. And um, But God brought her through some healing, some incredible healing, and now she's able to forgive and um, share what she's gone through with other people to help other people who are going through a similar situation. But let's hear where she's at today. Well, God, and he's truly been, God's been so faithful to restore and heal our family. He uh, blessed our family with the medical retirement for my husband from the military. And that's what ultimately called us here to Colorado. (laughs) Um, But the most beautiful thing inside of where we are today is, um, is my daughter, uh, Charlotte, um, Charlotte is, she's a total world changer. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, she, she sees the need of people before I even see the person half the time. Her heart is, it's filled with compassion for the homeless. And she truly believes that a combination of her Christmas and birthday money will, will get people off the street. <laughs> and this summer, she's even asked me to get her some t-shirts and she's calling it homeless helpers. <laughs> and she wants to go around Colorado Springs and give like little care packages to the homeless. And you know, the devil he tried, he attempted to plant fear of others mm-hmm. inside of her. Uh, simply because I think I believe he knows the impact that she'll have wow. on this world. But um but he failed. <laughs> I have goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> but and for me at first, what started off as a therapy, he God's had me write out our family's um, our family's healing journey in the form of a book, and I, which I believe will help not only with a beautiful redemption story, but help moms and dads inside of this to see that it's it doesn't define your child hmm. that your child is. A survivor, not a victim wow. when it comes to sexual abuse. Yeah. That's incredible. So you're writing a book, and hopefully we can all read that. Yeah. <laughs> like, God, roll that out however he does. But I love how you talked about your daughter, Charlotte, and how um, God, what the enemy meant for evil, man, God has made her a survivor oh man and she yes. is she's gonna change the world yeah. i mean look at her heart it sounds so incredible it gives me goosebumps hearing about it so beautiful she's a beautiful strong little girl yes yeah. yes well joy if there is one thing you could share with the audience today what would that be i think i have to go back to the bedrock of the night that the woman spoke into my life. And that is um, to never be afraid to tell your story mm. because you never know when telling your story gives someone else permission to share theirs. Yeah. 
just so good. And that's what this podcast is all about, sharing our stories. Yes. And praying that the Lord (laughs) uses them to encourage other people. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story. I, like I've said, literally had goosebumps (laughs) throughout this recording. And um, I'm so excited to see how God uses it. So thank you for sharing it. Thank you. And thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Today you got to peek into the story of a person who went through a difficult situation, one many might relate to. If you do, and even if you don't know what the situation is like, but you can relate to some of the feelings Joy was experiencing, be encouraged to know that your story doesn't end with the difficult situation. It's a scene in your story, but it's not the end of your story. Thank you for joining me today. If this podcast is something that is ministering to you or you think others might find interesting, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. A review helps this podcast grow, which helps to get the word out to people who might need to hear this story of redemption. Tune in again in two weeks for another powerful story of redemption. In the meantime, you can find more information about me, read weekly devotionals, and find out what I'm doing around the web at www.brittanyrust.com. See you next time.